And welcome back. You are now listening to the Real Talk Podcast, the end of the year wrap-up and the 2023 prediction pod. We are recording live and direct from Compass HQ, 110 Fifth Avenue, here with my co-host, Danielle Stout, and our guest, Andrew Georges, one of the talk team's top lawyers. Actually, probably one of the only lawyers that we really use. Uh, Andrew, how are you? Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me. It's lovely being here. Very good to see you. Today, we're going to switch it up, pivot a little bit, and Danielle will be the main host. My co-host will be the main host. So, Danielle... Thank you, for, thank you always for your uh, help in 2022, and please take it away. All right. It's my first time hosting a podcast. Ooh. Keep going. <clears throat> all right, Andrew. First of all, welcome. All right. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Oh, wait. So you're natural. No hard-hitting <laughs> no hard questions. No hard-hitting well, questions. Only the easy ones today okay, good. for you. Okay. While we wrap up the end of the year, we're less than 30 days in. A lot of, lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of record-breaking things that happen in our industry. I mean, you and I have done some deals that are, personally for me, were record-breaking transactions. Um, and here we are right now at the end of the year. This market has shifted. Things are looking different. But, you know, life goes on. So let's wrap it up. The 2022 best real estate winner in your eyes. Biggest real estate winner in 2022, I think, and I know a lot of the, uh, the people you've had on the podcast, I'm sure have talked about it, but I'd be committing podcast malpractice if I didn't talk about interest rates for a moment. <laughs> podcast malpractice. I'd be committing malpractice. Uh, podcast malpractice. So the, the buyer early in the year, I think, is the winner okay. because a few, few reasons. One, um, they locked in at a time when interest rates were half of what they are now. Interest rates very, in a very short period of time have gone from Three and a half percent for a thirty-year fixed loan. To uh, you're seeing seven. I mean, it's tapered off a little bit, but you were seeing seven, six and a half, six and three quarters. That in ten-month window is an astronomical leap. So, if you were able to lock in an interest rate earlier in the year, um, I think you made out well. It also is significant that prices really haven't um, careened off of a cliff. So it's not like that. You know, the the buyer back then at the beginning half of 2022. You know. It's not like they paid a higher price than what you're paying today. You're not seeing that yet. So um, it took the Fed a while to figure out what's going on with inflation. They then very quickly, over a short window, increased interest rates. And the buyer at the beginning of the year, congratulations, ding, 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 you're the winner. I think you're spot on there. You think so? I do. Okay. Um, Biggest loser in real estate in 2022. Biggest loser for the third year in a row. Uh, (laughs) The office landlord. So what I think happened, you know, you're you're seeing that the office worker isn't coming back to the office. Um, There's different ways that they are tracking kind of office worker movement, cell phone pings, they have apps, they look at mass transportation and uh, ridership and things. And the city is stuck at a um, office, in-office worker rate of 47%. They can't breach 50%. Last year it was 30%, so it's an improvement, but pre-pandemic it was 80% of people were working in the office five days a week. So as leases begin to come up for a lot of these uh, office tenants, we're going to start saying, well, what are they going to be doing with the spaces if they don't renew or they lower their footprint or something like that? So um, the office landlord has some thinking to do on you know, what the future looks like, and I think 2022 was not a great year for them. Yeah, still significantly down from a couple of years back. How are you seeing it here at Compass? Well, I mean, as we saw today on the floor it's we're quiet. sitting on, it's, quiet. it's desolate. It's so, desolate, yeah. And I believe uh, we'll also be downsizing our footprint here on Fifth Avenue soon oh, as well. So, Okay, there you go. So yeah. you see what they do with this space. It's a beautiful office. Exactly. All right, switching gears. The biggest winner in business, not necessarily real estate related, in 2022. That's key. So I'm going to say something that might not make sense, and that's fine. I'm going with the Mets, the <laughs> New York Mets. They are a business. Uh, yes. Did they, did they lose early in the playoffs? Yes, they did. Was I upset about it? Yes, I was. Um, but in recent days, for the Mets fans out there, what are we? We're Mets fans or we're? 
I, know Tom's I take it you're fan. a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm optimistic. I'm Yankees or okay. Phillies. So the the Mets have been spent and printing money. Uh, Steve Cohen, the, the owner of the team, hedge fund uh, hedge funder, um, has been putting his uh, money where his mouth is, and he's been just buying and resigning, and the payroll is ballooning out of control. So my winner for just because of the end of the year. Uh, um, hiring spree that he's gone on. I'm going with the New York Mets. All right. Do you think they're going to have a good season next year? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm always optimistic. <laughs> they're going to break my heart, but I'm, I'm optimistic. All right. Biggest loser in business for 2022. Biggest loser in business 2022 has to be FTX. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried has to be. Now, <laughs> I think most people have a fourth grade understanding about cryptocurrency. Your average person has a fourth grade understanding, but you do not need to be an MIT graduate to appreciate and understand that when $10 billion goes missing in a, in a, from an exchange in investor money, that's not good. That's not good. So um, I think, I mean, the implosion is, it's happening in real time. We're seeing it every day. And it's funny because I'm sure you've had this where over the last, you know, a year ago, people, I was getting phone calls all the time. Hey, I'm looking, I have a ton of Bitcoin. I want to buy real estate. Can I use it? I, those phone calls no longer happen. Um, wow. You know, it's a very interesting collapse. And that's why I think, you know, we promote real estate. We love real estate. We do it for a living. It's still, a, you know, you can live in it as an investment. You can live in it. You can, you could see it. You could touch it. You could mm -hmm. finance it. You can lease it. It's not going anywhere. Nobody's going to walk off with it and move to the Bahamas. So an implosion. But I think if anything, it makes you kind of appreciate the asset that we all, that we trade. So. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Last year we had a couple people on the buy side and the landlord side. I remember one particular application we had, the kid had, he worked at a hospital and he was trying to rent one of our listings and he, you know, it was like the rage of crypto. So yeah, he had a lot of, he had a lot of cryptocurrency that equated to maybe 20,000 or 30,000 at the time. And he didn't qualify financially, I believe. So we never really ended up moving forward with that. And then there was another applicant that we had downtown in the West Village. And there was an exorbitant amount of salary from someone. Yes, yeah, Stanford grad and you know, all of that, a super smart person. But just this, these cryptocurrency companies coming in and into into this like in, in coming into business and hiring these the human capital that they hire with this exorbitant amount of 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 salaries base salaries it's just uh it's really interesting how quickly they came and then how quickly they disappeared yeah but uh yeah. it does it does affect our market a lot and uh, sbf is a whole other topic which i find also fascinating along with you as an operator of a business you know who's at fault and then uh, from a media standpoint, who's at fault from a media standpoint just seems like the liberal media of New York Times, they tend to shield people that are on the left. He was a big dona uh, political donator to the Democratic Party, right? Like something like $500 million. And, you know, did he pay off the New York Times in the past too? Did he pay off other news, news publications? So it seems like uh, there's a little bit of a, a discrepancy in justice uh, and the way this has been handled through media and also as a business. So it's, uh, yeah, Biggest Loser, I Has definitely be, agree with you. Yeah. It's just, it's so bizarre. All right, go ahead, Danielle. All right, moving on. Biggest real estate surprise in 2022. So the biggest two events that have happened to the real estate market in the last two years are A, the pandemic, where you had this mass exodus of people from New York. You lost about 300 to 400,000 people left from April to June 2020, uh, 2020 to 2021. That was an enormous event. Uh, the second biggest event has been this interest rate increase and how quickly it's happened. Despite those two um, enormous events, the New York City market is still moving. Even at 6.5%, whatever interest rates are kind of going for now, you're still seeing people buying. So, you know, the, year over year, so through the third quarter of 2022 versus through the third quarter of 2021, um, the number of closings are down about 18%. That's what you're seeing. But if you compare it to what it was pre-pandemic, notwithstanding the fact that you had these two huge events, the market's the number of closings is still up like 40%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So even though you're having these enormous shifts in conditions in the real estate market, there's still 
a buyer who wants to move to New York, live in New York, you know, and and there's sellers who, you know, still deals still happening. So the resiliency to me has been the best part of 2022, the resiliency of the market. It's still moving. You're seeing closings up, but just keep in mind, right, this is, you and I can probably agree on this. The closings that are happening today were signed four months ago or three months ago or maybe even five months ago. So I think what you're going to be seeing on the back end of your deal making on a day-to-day -day basis will be tapered down a little bit later than what's actually happened earlier in the market, which is obviously rates can, Fed can, the Fed can raise rates in, in a minute, but for the market to catch up and for us to really see the effects, it probably won't be until 2023. Oh, totally agree. Right? There's a, probably like a six-month lag between when you can really identify what direction the market's going right. in. Yeah. So like the closings that, that are happening today, to your point, happened three months ago, and they captured the rates of three months ago. That's right. Um, yeah, the incoming, you know, certainly for everybody in the industry, the incoming deals have definitely slowed. Let's see what the report looks like for the fourth quarter. I expect it'll be worse than what it was for the third quarter. I expect the first quarter and next year will be worse than the fourth quarter this year. Um, let's see what happens. Agreed. Let's see what happens. Biggest business surprise this year. Oh, Tox suggested this one, and I agree. This is Elon Musk buying Twitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, I think... Uh, an interesting, I mean, listen, some people have midlife crises and buy like Ferraris yeah. uh, that Elon Musk decided I'm going to buy Twitter because that's my hobby. <laughs> um, that is, you know, that's incredible. What a, uh, what a power move. What do you think about his firing and hiring skills? Listen, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback Elon Musk, but you know, it's certainly interesting to see what's going on. There's a difference of opinion clearly between the employee that's been at Twitter for the last number of years and what Elon Musk thinks, how things should be run, freedom of speech things. It's such a complicated, it's such a thorny issue that I'm surprised, like, that's just, you know, something he must be very passionate about to, to withstand all the headwind that he's now facing with his, you know, his his uh, firings, his the layoffs, the, the leaks about how Twitter muffled certain you know uh, accounts and things good for him are you a twitter user i'm not no you're not at all i don't use twitter what no you? i don't know have I, you have back you in been, the day have you been on it not recently no. oh really used to are, use it back in college but not oh you were on twitter in college yeah so that so you're one of the early adopters yeah but i haven't been on it since and now i forgot my password so oh you can always reset <laughs> reset your password i'm a hardcore twitter user i love twitter really that's my favorite social media right now Really? Over Instagram and, wow. and um, over Instagram and Snap and YouTube and all of that. Good friend of mine. He sends me, you know, he sends me all the news that he that he absorbs yeah. and that he'll share is coming from Twitter. Yeah, he's got to get probably ninety nine percent of his news Same. from Twitter. Same. Yeah, I get my news uh, from Twitter. I don't watch the TV you know, what news people, anymore. What people's takes? You know, what is it? One hundred forty characters is mm -hmm. the limit. Mm -hmm. What what somebody's one hundred forty character response to like. We can also, a yeah. lot of people do threads. So and then, yes, yeah, so you're, yeah, you're, adding up, it. you're stacking it on top of 140 yeah, characters. I, I, I understand. I get the platform. I just, I don't utilize it. But here, here, yeah. Here's my experience as a, not a, I'm not a, a blue checkmark guy. I'm not a verified user. I, of course, I have my own face, my name on it. But as a, as a avid user, not a power user, but an avid user of Twitter, I have not seen a drop off since Elon took over and fired 75% of the staff. I have not seen a drop off from a user experience standpoint of Twitter's capabilities of refreshing data, pushing things that I may like onto me. The algorithms there I have not stopped. I haven't seen any outages. I haven't seen any pauses. I haven't seen any drop off in, um, let's just say, other users protesting Twitter. Right? The people that I follow are still posting. The people that I like are still posting. It's it's it has not changed. So you know what does that say about operating a company, a tech company, with maybe lots of fat that you could trim and still not affect, you know, who's the, what makes Twitter important? It's the users, right? What did he let go? He let go 70% of the, of the uh, yeah, it seems, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hefty amount. Yeah, I mean, he so cut. many business where you cut 70% of the workforce and they just continue to operate. He got the, the freaking sec head of security or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He got, everybody got locked out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so it I mean, like it's it's a little bit um, uh, rough around the edges. Yeah, his ability it, but to, but like to, for his his ability to just work in you know self driving cars and then rocket ships and then also then Twitter like it's just he's got a full day. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously. Oh yeah. Full day. Um, 
But if if you were him, what would you do? Would you hire somebody to run it, or would you want to? Talk, run it I would have bought the Mets. I mean, yeah, I would have bought the Mets. It would have been cheaper too. I would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, How much was Twitter like? Like forty-four billion. billion. Okay, yeah. And the Mets probably like two, oh, f- two bill, three yeah, I bill. For- I forgot. I don't know the exact number. It's definitely under five billion. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Trump change to uh, Steve, Steve Cohen apparently, and definitely Trump change to Elon Musk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you buy the you buy the commanders for six or seven billion. They're up for sale. So. Well, they will. They, they are. They are. Or they will be soon. It's to well, left. What on the street is it's already been done. They're just not announcing ah. it. but the transfer has been transfer is just pending. Okay. Contract's been signed. Okay. Yeah. But but that's I think Good that's something you. that we won't probably hear until the off season. Good for you. Any event, Danielle, please. All right, keeping this moving. <laughs> the best new trend in real estate this year. So I I'm gonna go with it's not a new trend, but it's a trend that I think is um becoming more uh more frequent. Um that is the Pied-a-Terre buyer. So um for those, you know, you have to dust off your French book, foot in the ground, pied a terre. That's what it means literally. I had to Google that. Um, but what I'm seeing now, what I've seen more and more of, and I know what, this is coming from clients that we've worked on, five years ago, a family of three would buy a three, four bedroom apartment. They put roots down here. They love the city. And then the pandemic comes and people left the city at, at high rates move their families out to the suburbs, but people still want the city. They still want to be in New York. They still want a footprint here. Maybe smaller, but they still want the ability to go to Broadway and stay in the city for a while, and they work here, and they just they can't completely untether themselves to the city, so what they're doing is they're buying a one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. just to have here, a, a studio apartment. I'm seeing a lot of that. Hey, I'm a doctor. I work at NYU. I'm going to have a place in Tudor City Place or on the east side or whatever. So I'm seeing that a lot. People are maintaining a primary residence outside of the city, but still want to have a footprint. I feel like a lot of our clients in the last few months have been that. Um, why do you think that is? We've, yeah, I think a lot of our deals recently, we've been seeing it too on our end, have been pied-a-terre buyers or second home at least. Um, maybe it's like the price points. Um, a lot of them have been all cash too. So yeah, I've noticed that. I think maybe a yeah. secure place to put your money and and utilize it and come in and back and come back and enjoy the city since it's, you know, finally that time for some people to come and visit. Like they, everything's open again. So the two years later, those people that don't live right here in Manhattan want to utilize that. Yeah, th- the last four or five of those that we've done, to your point, we're all, we're, I think we're all cash deals. Yeah. Um, I think we have one pending at the moment that's going to be closing in a few weeks. That it's just a couple, they live in Westchester, and they're buying all cash from exactly. the studio. They just, they just want, they want the good stuff. The city's the best. We love it. Where else are you going to go? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is uh, more common. I think you see more and more of that, like very fluid I can work from somewhere else. I need a place here, but I'm not there all the time. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of that coming up. Now, I don't expect you to predict the future, <laughs> but predict the biggest winner in real estate for next year, 2023. Um, biggest winner in real estate in 2023. So um, I'm hoping, this is more of a, what, my, what my wishes are. I wish that... <laughs> If the city, if New York can find some consistency, the only thing that's been consistent in our, in our, for what we do for a living, the only thing that's been consistent is the inconsistency. We went from a pandemic where there was shutdowns and there was regulations on how you could show tenants and buyers apartments and then you can't eat in restaurants and you need to be vaccinated and interest rates started skyrocketing and then the pandemic kind of came back a year ago with this virus. It's just been so uncertain and that has translated to volatility. It's like a tornado. We're in a tornado. Um, if we can find some, some routine, some seasonality, find stability, then I think I think we'll have. A, I think it'll be a good year. Um, but if we continue to see a lot of this, you know, up and down and volatile volatile conditions, I think I think we'll you know, 2023 might have some ups and downs and, and some challenges. But consistency. That's what I hope. I'm predicting and hoping for for that. Coming yeah, this up. is what I said to on my earlier episodes with regards to 2023 is it's if you're an operator of a business it could, it could be brokerage like us it could be you a sole, sole proprietor lawyer from a 
operational standpoint, business standpoint, we're still going to grow our business. We're still going to work hard. We're still going to put in the hours. We're still going to shake hands and kiss asses and do all that. For from from our personal life standpoint, it's a year where you're going to have to let's go in, back into baseball terms, right? You're going to have to hit the singles. You're going to have to hit the doubles. If the if there's one man on, no outs, you know, try to go for the button and steal second, right? Play conservative ball. You cannot go. You cannot afford if you're on defense a double play. So play as conservatively as possible. Hit the base runs. Try to get man on base, and just kind of chip away as as conservatively as possible to win each game. Because if you're going to go for those big grand slams with three men on, and you're just going for the homer, go ahead home run every single time, and you're getting double plays back to back, you're not going to be able to from a financial standpoint, regain what you lost, especially probably in the early part of next year. Because I don't see a lot of brokers going and hitting these big, big deals, especially across the industry, or even attorneys, or even you know business, other business owners. That maybe they might own like, a, uh, you know, like an optometry practice or something. They're not going to be able to consistently have big home run type uh, transactions that occur back to back to back like we did in the good times. So I would say if you... Go back to baseball terms, first three, four innings, let's just say that's the first quarter of the year. You know, play conservative as possible. The seventh inning, you know, just say that's the midpoint of the year. See where you're at, but still play conservative as possible and do not give up that double play. I like the baseball reference. That's small right. ball, small ball. Small ball, baby. Small ball. Not the way the Red Sox or the Yankees play. <laughs> no, no. But small ball wins. All right. Like the, like the Seattle Mariners. All to, right. You to go? wrap it up. Oh, wrap, are we wrapping up already, Danielle? I believe we are on the last question. Okay. Who do you think will be the biggest loser in real estate for 2023? Brokers. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think the, the buyer who continues to wait to buy until, you know, the buyer who waits, who, who thinks, I'm going to wait until the interest rates come back down mm. to buy. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think interest rates are coming down tomorrow. I don't think they're coming down the first quarter. You think they're coming quarter. down next year, third quarter, fourth quarter? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, they're, they're going to continue to rise. They're just not going to be rising at the rates that we've seen up until this point in the year. Right. So if you're you know, putting off a purchase like that, but I mean, listen, obviously somebody has to be able to afford it, but I think people who just think I'm buying on one indicator, interest rates, I don't think that's always, you know, don't time it that way. That would, If you do, I think you'll end up... Not, not, you know, you'll be, you'll be the, you won't be the, like I said, the winner of this year was the person who closed earlier in the year. If you wait, I think uh, it only, only may get worse. So, but we'll see. Danielle, what do you think? I agree. I think um, it's a good, good advice. Buyers should act now, um, especially because we'll probably start to see prices drop um, because of the interest rates have been increasing. The prices might come down a little bit, so you'll at least get a good price. Um, if you want to lock in and be a homeowner. Are you finding days on markets going up? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in co-ops. By what? 10%, 20%? I can't put a hard number to it because every apartment is so just, different. You just feel it. But I can feel it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at the traffic on open houses on every Sunday. You look at the number of inquiries we get online. We get the number of inquiries from brokers we get or calls we get. Yeah, yeah it's down all across the board, especially in co-ops. Now, you know, the, the flight to quality, right? Even, even in a down market, there's always flight to quality. So... You look across the board and some of the best, regardless of price, the best buildings are still getting signed every day. Yeah. Well, and if you want to know which buildings to put in, email me. <laughs> I, will let you, I will let you know. I will show you. And, and listen, to your point though, but like it has slowed, but if you, if, if you were to compare it to the inquiries and calls and listings that you had in 20, September of 2019, for example, just before the pandemic, I, I still think there... But, We'll see. I mean, we'll see when the fourth quarter, how it rolls out. I just, up until this point in the year, it's still been very active. We'll see. I'm, I'm very curious, excited, nervous, like everybody else, to see what goes on in the coming months. We'll see. I agreed. Okay. Uh, Danielle, do you have any other lasting questions for Andrew? Ooh. I think that's it. That's it. it. You yeah. think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> I got one. I got one, Andrew. Okay. Uh, favorite deal that you've transacted on in 2022? I did a, I, I did a couple of deals for for family members of mine. Oh, good. Yeah, I did a deal for my grandmother. 
Wow. Yeah, I helped her yeah, out. In Jersey. So she had a, a property in Florida that I helped her with. Wow, okay. And, uh, an uncle of mine, he did a reverse 1031 exchange. Okay, uh, So, so... You buy first. To put, to put it very simply, because some people just don't even know what a 1031 exchange is. Mm -hmm. But like if you, know, if, you, if you buy a pen for a, a dollar and then you sell it for $10, you got to pay tax on $9, the difference between what you're selling for and what you, what you bought it for. The same thing holds true with real estate. You can, the, the, the Internal Revenue Code has a provision, 10, Section 1031, where you can defer the $9 taxable you know, gain there and the, the, the tax on that. You could defer into the second property. So you could do an, a, a 1031 exchange where when you sell something, you then buy something shortly thereafter. Like there's very specific time requirements. But if you buy something else. 80 days and 180 days, right? It, yeah, it's 45 40, days and 180 Yeah, 45 days. days to identify and then 180 to close. So what, what people do is they'll sell and then they identify and then they close within 180 days. It's a forward exchange. It's the most common way of doing it. But there's instances where you actually can buy first, then you sell mm -hmm. in the same time window and you, can, you still get the benefits of the 1031 exchange. So like, you know, my, my uncle's very handy and he's always, you know, helped out. Uh, I've always seen him like when my parents help out with stuff and uh, he's just like the handiest guy in our family. So for once I was able to like, you know, help him and just, you know, it was nice. Finally. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. Finally, yeah. So those are the two, my grandmother and my uncle probably the two most rewarding uh, transactions, uh, transactions of the year. What about you? What do you got? It's what always you, nice uh, to be able to help out family, huh? Oh my God, yeah. Especially with your expertise. Yeah. Well, my favorite transaction, I've had, I've had several, but some of the mo more memorable units are we did a couple where we got shareholders out of a building that was potentially hitting, heading into a wrong direction. And these are not apartments that are easily sold. They're difficult to sell. I've, I've had, we've represented you know, we did an estate sale, you and I, where unfortunately the owner of that unit passed from COVID and we ended up using Compass Concierge, helped out the family members, you know, put in, we got an exception, but we put in like, we Compass put up almost 60 grand into that apartment to fully renovate. Shout out Phil Garcia for the renovation, but. That's an incredible program. I mean, uh, you know, it's just. Concierge, Compass Concierge. I, I can't, I could, they, they would not have an A, able to put up the money, but B, navigate the boards of these crazy co-ops i'm not saying all co-ops are crazy but some boards are not run in a way that they should be run and you and i can agree to this that this is a common occurrence in new york city and the fact that in a state that took over because their son passed from covid and then we come in and we help them renovate and we help them stage and we help them strategically price these units so, so that it's attractive for the co-op board and it's attractive for the buyers it Yes, they're not $10 million sales that we're doing, right? Right. These are these are sub $1 million, $1 million transactions, but these are some of the most difficult co-ops in the city, and it's really memorable for me to be able to help impact these family members that are in desperate need of, they don't even know what a co-op is. Like, they're in desperate need of help. They're in desperate need of funds to carry the maintenance, pay the taxes, conduct a renovation. Um, you know, yeah, of course. Are the big deals better for, for brokers? Of course. Yes. Should, would I rather do four, five, six million dollar deals back to back to back? Of course. Of course, any broker would. But I think that's the wrong answer. You know, we're, we're in this business of service. We're in the business of managing people's expectations. And the fact that we got to do that back to back to back this year in various properties all over, all over New York City has been, uh, has been one of the biggest impacts as far as, uh, you know, our, our career transgressions are concerned. Danielle, what about you? I agree with that. Um, I don't, I can't think of one specific deal right now, but I can piggyback off that and agree that anytime that you help a seller um, renovate the apartment, guide them through that, and then when we help with staging too. Um, and we don't even charge. Yeah. So, I mean, no offense to interior designers. We don't charge an interior design A fee. lot of work goes into being able to put that on the market properly. So it's nice to see when it gets an offer quickly, closes quickly, and everyone's happy at the end of the day. Right, especially when the other competitors in that same building are on the market 200 yeah. plus days. Yeah, and most of them are just pictures of a vacant place That's right, right now. So. I'm sure that the, the, the uh, days on market must go must be significantly lower when you're 
utilizing Compass Concierge yeah. and renovating an apartment. Generally, yeah. Yeah. And listen, it's not the only it's not, it's not the only thing that's going to make it sell, right? And also a lot of owners don't listen to us. So, you combine that and then you combine that with the amount of times that we were able to successfully utilize Compass Concierge, renovate, strategically plan, make them convinced that this is the right price, and then get that transaction to close within 30 days, or not th- sign within 30 to 45 days. I mean, that's that to me is uh, that, that's a feat because if you don't explain it right, or if they don't trust you, or if you don't have the experience in these buildings, they're not going to go through with a renovation. Yeah. I mean, who wants $60,000 of debt in 30 days, yeah. right? Most people that own these homes, they can't afford that. It's just, it just, it just doesn't happen. So, anyways, rant over. Uh, Danielle, you got one more question for uh, Andrew? Yeah. What was the most frustrating deal you've Ooh. had this year? You call, you you want to call out some of my clients' names, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this scenario uh, on a number of different deals where the because we were in because we're in an environment where interest rates are increasing so rapidly you can have you know if a client and their loan officer don't do a good job of managing when you lock in an interest rate versus when you let it float right versus understanding you can't lock it too early because a call board's got to make a decision on and then you have to pay a rate lock extension fee there i just it it frustrates me when i see mismanagement of that process because and then it could it could price somebody out of a deal while they're in the deal, right? Like if if interest rates are going up quickly over a 45, 60 day window, it it could really create a headache for a buyer during during the transaction period. So we had that on 57th Street. It, it's you, I mean you gotta and look, you you work with. Uh, I hear this from from your clients where they just appreciate you know the contractors that you use the renovators that, the people that you use to redo the apartments loan officer uh, referrals that you have like it's good to have people that you know kind of where the soft parts are during a transaction to avoid that headache like you got to have a good loan officer somebody who knows what they're doing that understands how long cops board cop boards generally take to make a decision because if you wait too long to lock in you're going to get a higher rate that's not good. If you lock in too early, you got to pay for the rate lock extension fee, which nobody likes doing. As the broker and as the attorney, like we, we don't get involved with that, but it could still create a headache and a mess for us when the deal then just, it's no longer viable because the borrowers can't make the payments. I mean, that's a, it's just a problem. That's so. right. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge, and also, you know, debt to income ratios. That call yeah. It throws everything it's, out of whack. It really can mess, yeah. mess a deal up. One more question for you. With the rise of rates, I'm getting questions from consumers regarding the assignment of a mortgage, meaning if this is a re- not new development, but let's just say a resale property where I'm selling, pretend I'm selling my condo and I have a 3-5 interest rate. Shout out Isaac Shalom over at, uh, was it First Bank? First American Bank? Isaac is at... Um Anyways, he did my yeah, refi. He did I, my refi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was your, that was your referral, by the way. Yeah, he's a good guy. Isaac yeah. has, yeah. Shout out Isaac. Uh, but he, you know, I'm, I'm at 3.5. Now, if a buyer comes to me and says, listen, I want to buy your house full, I want to buy your condo full ask, but I want your mortgage. Give me the details on that because I know there are restrictions on certain types of mortgage packages and certain mortgages you can and cannot assign. Yeah, so the biggest benefit to doing this, uh, an assignment of a mortgage, and don't think of it like, wow, I'm going to just step into the, the owner's shoes and, then, and assume a 3.5% mortgage uh, interest rate, right? Like if I wanted to buy your apartment talk and say, well, I want that 3.5% rate, that's just not how it works. What you can do though, and listen, every penny counts when you're buying an apartment, especially with higher interest rates and the closing costs are expensive, you could do these, what's, it's referred to as a, as a CEMA, uh, C-E-M-A, where... Um, and it's for the long, it's abbreviated for consolidation extension modification agreement. I have to say that 10 times every day to remember <laughs> it. Um, but long story short, when you buy an apartment and you buy with a mortgage, if it's not a co-op, if it's real property like a condo, you're paying 2% mortgage recording tax, about. It's like 1925. But So for every million, you're paying 20 grand, more or less. If I assume your mortgage, if I assume that million dollars from you, again, the interest rate will be new, but if I assume your mortgage, I can avoid, through this assignment through SEMA, paying that $20,000 in mortgage recording tax. It's super helpful. I, we do it all the time. Um, 
and there's kind of a kicker where the seller also saves on transfer taxes. It's a win-win, so long as the banks are willing to do it. Some banks aren't. Um, some most banks are. What does it mean when the seller wants to split split the savings? Oh yes, on so just SEMA. Well, think of it this way: like if you, if I'm buying again, if I'm buying your apartment and you've paid mortgage recording tax when you bought the apartment, if we're doing this sort of arrangement that I, the buyer, save twenty thousand dollars in mortgage recording tax because I'm assuming your loan, you're going to say to me, "Well, Andrew, you should give me half that savings." You're saving 20 grand. You're saving it because I paid mortgage recording tax when I bought. Sure. Let's split the savings. And that's 95% of the time is how it shakes out, where the parties just say, we'll split the 20. It's 10-10. And then there's also a, a, a piece of that. Um, there's a piece of that that the seller saves that the buyer will then share in. So for every million, you'll save like, you know, 20 plus like another fourth, like it's 25 grand split two ways. I mean, it's not, That's good. it's not nothing. You can't uh, right. finance those costs, obviously. This is coming straight out of your pocket. Yeah. These, are, these are closing costs. Yeah, they're closing costs. Yeah. It's, it's cash out of your yeah. pocket. Yeah. yeah. That, does that, do attorneys charge more money for that because it does require more time? It I mean, does. What's your structure like? It does. Yeah. I mean, uh, it really, yes. I tip almost every attorney charges a little more for that. It's more time and expense, but the amount of money that you're saving generally is going to far exceed whatever the additional closing costs are. The banks charge some fees and things. It's insignificant. And, you know, compared to the $25,000 you're saving, you're, you know, it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, sure. One final question for me. It's 2023. It's spring. You're feeling good. Oh, baby. You're looking good. When you, when you look good, you yeah. feel good. When you feel good, you work good. You work good, they pay good. Okay. All right. Breeze, I like where is, this is going. breeze is blowing down. Cool breeze is blowing down Lexington Avenue. Where I you feel going? like a pina colada should be just come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, work, work, you just closed the deal. Out, you just closed uh, yet another deal. Things okay. are going good. All right. You know, Sam's happy. You're happy. All of it. All right. Now, <laughs> you're ready to buy your next place in the city or okay. around the city. Okay. Where would it be and what would it be? Ooh. Oh. Time it, to make a move. Yeah. You know, if I had to buy a place next year, where would I buy? I mean, look, I I I grew up in North North Jersey. I, I love that area. I love Montclair and uh, all those little towns surrounding it are great. And North Jersey's wonderful. And but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving. Uh, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Um, <laughs> I'm not leaving. The uh, the city's wonderful. If I had, I, I don't know. We're, we live in in on 38th and Lex and. We probably move out of that neighborhood, something where there's a little less office worker traffic. Sure. Like we're in the middle of the center of the universe, so I don't know where we would move. Maybe uh, Upper West Side somewhere? Give me a block that you like. An actual, well... Uh, or a cross street. Um, and I'll find it for you. <laughs> That's good. I see what you're doing here. I, I just, I fell right into it. Uh, uh, I like, you know, uh, Riverside Drive is nice. You get okay. the greenway. You can uh, go for nice walks on the river. Not Riverside Boulevard, but Riverside Drive. Yeah. Okay, good. So north, starting from north of 72nd Street, west 72nd. Yeah. All the way up to Washington Heights, Riverside Drive. Yeah. Not Riverside Boulevard. Big difference. <laughs> All right, that wraps up today's show. Andrew, thank you so much Thanks for the wrap-up of 2022. Me. And best of luck for you and I and Danielle in 2023. Look forward to working with you. Love Again, you guys. we've done dozens and dozens of deals this year, and we're going to do more next year. Let's do it. All right, Danielle, thank you for being a host. This is Courtney Ronan with Title Vest, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Coming from you live and direct from New York City. Woo-woo. It is not Saturday Night Live, it is Friday night. Almost recorded. live. Almost live. <laughs> Almost up. I am your host, Tak Yamaguchi, aka the founder of the Talk Team, aka Danielle's assistant, aka Real Talk Inc., aka TikTok Talk around the clock, aka Talk TV, aka Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. That's right. Throw good throwback. Good memory. And this show is brought to you by the one and only the Talk Team. Self-reduced. No sponsors. Self-made. We're going straight through. And Courtney, how are you? Welcome. Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Talk. Courtney Happy Ronan. almost birthday. Thank you. Courtney Ronan, longtime friend. We're here. And also, my co-host, Danielle Stout. All right. How are you doing, Danielle? 
Doing good. Happy Friday. Are you stoked? I am. What are you going to do tonight? I'm going to a birthday dinner. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Where is it? <laughs> we got Talks Big Birthday Dinner tonight. Oh, wow. Rule of Thirds. Rule of Thirds. This is the big world. No, this is the big 27, Not quite. Baby. Not quite. 27. Whoa. Ooh, 27, 27 Club. Anyhow, all right, so let's get started. Did, uh, we're going to wrap up the year. So give me, tell me about your year. Well, give me your highlight. Give me uh, one amazing highlight of your year in 2022, personally. Okay. You can't curse on the show, right? You can curse Just whatever kidding. you curse, whatever you want to say. <laughs> personally, um, I had a good year business-wise until about July, and then <laughs> after that, I got married. Oh, so that huge. was good. Personally, huge. it was good. Got married. These two fine individuals were there to see it happen, live fun. and in color. Who would have thought? The garrison. Like, yep, the garrison in yeah. Garrison, New York. That was a York. great venue. It was good. And the band, what was the name of the band? Oh, Current Affair. Current Affair. Current Affair. It was really good. Shout out, Current Affair. Shout out to a Current Affair, John Napolitano, band president. He poaches people that are not currently in their Broadway productions. So oh, yeah, I see. That's how he gets all the talent. Yeah, those guys are good. And it means a lot coming from you because you're a very talented musician yourself. Yes, so. I do like to critique musicians on, as a side, and my friends get annoyed by it because they think that I'm above it all, and I'm not. I really do appreciate good talent, though. And the guitarists and the, the vocalists, I mean, every one of those band members had a great function to it. Give me... 2022 what were some of your give me one l that you took that maybe you learned a lesson from never stop networking tell me about it so the pipeline was just chugging along since 2020 you know obviously we've been very fortunate and blessed in the real estate space but when you get complacent is when you run into trouble so mm -hmm. finally you know we hit a wall inventory wise obviously we've hit a wall open pipeline wise so now I think not just me, but a lot of people, title, attorneys, mortgage Bankers, lenders, etc., brokers. brokers, you know, hitting the pavement. That's right. That's right. That there's never there's it's a cyclical market. So the good times will never last. The bad times will never last. Right. Nope. You just have to ride, learn, and how to learn and uh, ride through it. So Absolutely. going into 2023, personally, what do you hope to accomplish? Personally, I am saving for a down payment. Okay. So hopefully sometime in 2024, if and when the inventory gods bless us again. 2024? Okay. Yes. Now, give me... Need a good year to save. I just got married, talking to pay for a wedding. <laughs> give me one block and lot, aka Cross Street, Ooh. that you would dream to live on in your early 30s. Oof. Uh, let's see. Probably... Geralaman and Ooh. Henry. Okay. Over like Prime Brooklyn Heights. Prime Brooklyn Heights. Yep. Prime. Yep. It's okay. a little right busy, but look, I like that. You know Gotta that vibe the right there? Pineapple, Cranberry, Clark Street Station. That vibe is immaculate. The fruit blocks are very nice. That's right. Yeah, that's Gold Coast, New York City. Right <laughs> it is Gold Coast, Gold New York Coast. City. Danielle, are you going to buy a house next year? Me? Yes. No, I, I need some more time. You, you, you made a little coin this year. I would say Danielle, out of all of us, just hitting 30 has probably made the best fiscal decisions oh, what, all throughout her 20s. Oh, yeah, of course. She's very, very conservative with her spend. Yeah. She's a saver, not no, a No, I needed a little more time to commit to something. Oh. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. You are not committed to something long term. No. Is what you're saying. Good. Personally. Living free. Living easy and free. <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, Danielle, why don't you hit uh, Ronan with the first question of this episode? Who are the biggest winners in real estate in 2022? So I would have to say a lot of these secondary markets like Miami, um, some of the West Coast cities where not just people are moving, but businesses also. Mm -hmm. uh, I think these governments and administrations have poured a ton of money into housing um, even especially in Miami, there's been a ton of available housing for a long time. And now I think people are finally starting to, I don't know, make moves company-wise from New York City and other big financial conglomerate areas. Everybody doesn't it, want to pay as much taxes, so it's your, good. Can you define, in your opinion, what is a secondary market for New Yorkers? Is that different than, let's just say, someone that lives in D.C. or Boston, what a secondary market is? Secondary, that was probably a very uh, ethnocentric comment on my part. I would assume New York is probably the primary market for all of us. But 
not necessarily just Northeast or, you know, Chicago, that sort of thing, or West Coast central cities. Mm-hmm. People are moving down and in, and they seem to be loving it. Right. And companies are too. Right. Since COVID happened, I think secondary markets, in our opinion, I mean, I would say Hamptons is a secondary market. Yes. Uh, Aspen Vale, tell you right. Aspen and Vale. Like yeah. So, the, so those, those secondary markets definitely have benefited, right? If... If the kids are being online schooled, which they're not anymore, but when they were, why not do it in 4,000, 5,000 square feet versus less than 1,000 square feet? Right. Um, okay, great. So for, so in your opinion, what's, who's the biggest loser in real estate in 2022? <sighs> Who wasn't? Yeah. Uh, I would say that, and it's going to definitely bleed into 2023, is just these businesses, in addition to Manhattan office rental space, these businesses that are adjacent to that. So your lunch places... Uh, that's just not just salad places, but bakeries, things like that, uh, happy hour spots, anything that thrived on everybody and anybody being in the office all the time. I work in Midtown. I work on 42nd between Park and Lex. They, they're closing left and right, the things around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can uh, agree that the, the businesses will be all impacted across the board, whether you're in banking, real estate, law, or dentistry, optometry, a sandwich shop, sandwich yeah. shop, coffee shops, right? Right. Yeah. Things will be, things will get, the belt will be tightened. Absolutely. <sighs> Give me your, uh, the best winner, uh, biggest winner in business, but not in real estate, just in business in general. Okay, so this is a little bit niche, but meal delivery services. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I never in my life thought that that would be something I subscribe to. I love to cook, love to make food, hate to spend money on it. And I'm a big fan of all of these. I think we use Chef's tape, chef's Kitchen, something like that. We get eight meals a week. It is made in Brooklyn. They're delivered out to us. And they're chefs that also had restaurants that aren't operating anymore. They're mass-producing, very quality meals, packaging them up and sending them out. So it's like the original Blue Apron or Freshly. Yes, and you can make decisions on whether you want them completely pre-made, which is what we do because we both work very late, Mm -hmm. or you can have the ingredients. It's every level, and they deliver into New Jersey and out to the Hamptons too. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. Um, then, and then for your, in your opinion, who's the biggest loser in business in general in 2022, non-real estate? <laughs> also no shortage of options there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know whether it's Twitter, Meta, uh, people who were betting big on crypto mm-hmm. and unfortunately failing. It's a lot. Uh, the stock market. Do you have any crypto? I have some. Yeah, I have some. not what did you looked buy? at it. I have Cardano. I have a couple of whatever the crypto-related ETFs are. Hmm. I have wow. not looked at them in months. Interesting. I can't, can't bear to. Or do, you have di- do you have diamond hands? No, no. Are I you going to sell diamond them? Hands. Da- diamond hands means you're going to hodl. Uh, yeah. I'm going to hold it for now. Hodl. H-O-D-L. What is that? Hashtag what is H-O-D-L. What? You, what? Don't, you don't know this? No, all, please. I, I'm here to be terms, educated. Please. These are all terms in the crypto community, right? When there was when there were big-time pump and dumps, people were like, hold hold the line, like do not oh, sell, line. hodl. Okay. But they, it was like a hashtag hodl went viral. And then they were talking about Bitcoin when there's a pump and dump in Bitcoin, pump and dump in Ethereum and all these other crypto yeah. coins, right? There was the, everyone was saying hodl while in the back, they were actually selling them off and, and, and right. uh, making profits for themselves. So there's a lot of grift in the in the crypto community, unfortunately. When things go up That's so, a great phrase. When talk. things go up so quickly, so fast, obviously there's going to be grift somewhere. There's going to be yeah. bad actors all over the place. Yeah. Um, but, okay, I agree. You no, know, last year when we did the end of the year pod, we were talking about how we should talk about how title will be on the blockchain in the future. Do you think that's still a possibility? I definitely think it's a possibility. I do think it's still fairly far off. Okay. A lot of the technology that we use, especially in the escrow space, um, that is related to blockchain. My company in particular, our parent company, First American, is a big user of blockchain and an investor in certain blockchain companies. Uh, we also have a prop tech arm, so you know we definitely need easily accessible online data. Mm-hmm. So okay. we'll see. Do I think it's going to replace the need for sit-down escrow or closing in areas like New York City? No. No. What's the technology like in the title space as far as, are you guys using, is it like real estate in 2010 where people were still <laughs> faxing and e-faxing and 
There's Ooh. like 17 different systems and people are using old school Microsoft Office for you know PowerPoint presentations for pitch packages and stuff like that. Where's the tech space in title like right now? Uh, that is such a loaded question. And it really depends on who you work with. We are a very tech forward company, but as you know, a big sphere of our clients and influence are real estate attorneys and brokers who sometimes are not the most tech savvy in their market. So mm -hmm. we do get faxes actually yeah, <laughs> once okay, in a while. Yeah, so you have a long, long story short. You have, we you do, do have ask people, you know, we get requests to make 200 page copies at closings, that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, we God. try to, <laughs> yeah, everything that we can do electronically, we do. And in other markets, you actually don't even need to sit down at the table necessarily to close. But mm -hmm. New York is, it's a big, beautiful dinosaur. Okay. The, what do you think is the biggest business surprise in 2022? Ooh, that's tough. I would honestly say just a lot of these tech companies not falling from grace. That's right. I right? really do think Meta that's had a, a ton huge, far-reaching impact, both on the job economy and the economy at large, obviously on the stock market. You were at Compass early, you know, in one of the first staff members yes, at Compass. Yes, I was. What do you think about... Had we started now, do you think we would be just as successful or no? That is tough to say. Yes and no. First of all, fundraising would be impossible, right? Fundraising would be very tough. Right. So, so it would ha we'd have to come to the table with a lot in the bag already. Yeah. And then I, I, what do you think? I mean, would the original model still succeed in today's market? As someone who was part of the original model? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. It Why might not? in other markets. It would not in New York City. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I just don't think that there's the space for that here. I mean, New York is a city of hustlers yeah. and, you know, a sal the concept of a salaried real estate agent just doesn't work as well. That said, I think if Compass started today, the talent pool is so much stronger. You know, I, so I think we'd probably have made a lot further. Talent pool was in the people out there that are willing to, that want to join real estate. Mm -hmm. want to and join the, the people that are now business. willing to switch. I mean, a lot of people are still willing to make the jump to brokerages. I think I was listening to Sean's piece, you know, Sean from Corded, and many, many, many brokers made the jump to a different brokerage in 2022. So hmm. yeah, Sean, definitely something to be said Sean, for that. Yeah, you're talking about Sean's so interview Sean, on the yeah. real deal mm -hmm. at Corded. Sean, my man. We got to give yeah. a shout out to Sean, right? He, <laughs> You like that? That's that, that. That's a good. That's a cool horn. What do you think? Yeah, reminds me of the clubs back in the day. Oh, you go to clubs? Back in the day, the your birthday club. <laughs> the clubs. The club. We were at a club on your thirtieth birthday. Did you forget that? It doesn't count because it was time. in Atlanta. <laughs> what do you mean? We. I. I. I got the DJ to, to shout out her name like seventeen times. That was pretty. It good. was amazing. She deserves it. <laughs> it was pretty good. All right. Anyways, next question. We're gonna keep this rolling here. Who, give me the best real estate trend that you've seen in 2022. Okay, it's not the TikTok real estate well, See, when I I'm say sorry. trend, I don't automatically <laughs> default to TikTok. No, I know, I know, I know. But you could, you could, you could say TikTok. Go ahead. So I actually am supportive of this sort of like advisory concept of real estate. I think the, you know, former agent who can do it all, I mean, you're so much better as a team and as a unit and with, you know, whether it's vendors, referral sources, whatever, secondary market referral sources, like you're huge with that. Like that just makes you even more successful. Mm -hmm. And that's a trend that's been coming up and was probably exacerbated and elevated by COVID. I, and I, I think agree. that's great. I agree. Yeah. Well, the referral business is huge. Now I'm not making a million bucks on referrals, but it definitely helps when I have a friend in need and I know exactly somebody that is going to be helped. Absolutely. By that individual. You know, shout and it's out someone to, that you can text and just say, hey, can you help this person? Yes. Yes. You know, absolutely. years ago, you'd have to go through whatever the brokerage's formal referral network is, you know, that could get lost in translation. Who knows? Now this is almost like immediate assistance. And unfortunately, with the COVID and the pace of things, everyone wants everything immediately still. Yeah. So. Okay. I there's one person say, who can deliver immediacy, it's Tak Yamaguchi. I, I do have to say, though, with the referrals, we need brokers to be trained on this a little bit better. I had sent out a referral to somebody in an undisclosed location, in an undisclosed mm. state, on a property of about $2 million. And the referred, referred agent who took the referral met the client, pitched the client, 
was about to get the exclusive signed, but then they went back and forth on who was going to pay for staging, who was going to pay for X and Y. And then that agent that I sent the referral out to, God, this is so weird and bizarre, disclosed that, well, I can't really give that much away in terms of commission because I have to send money back to uh, the, the agent that referred me, referred me to you. It's a very awkward, very awkward conversation, a very weird just tactic to tell That's my looking client. a gift horse in the mouth. It's wow. just, uh, yeah, so I think we need a little bit more clarity. And then again, this is industry chatter. So if you're listening to this and you're a consumer, don't, probably, don't, worry, it's not, don't worry about it. It's not really a, a big deal. Uh, but there, yeah, of course, there are referral fees that goes across borders and sure. counties and states. And um, You should know what that you, is, you should, I mean, from day one. Yeah, that agent should not have done what she should have done. I said she, but I, that's, that's all I'm going to give away. Right. Uh, on to the next. All right, worst trend in real estate in 2022. Um, <laughs> I would have to say lack of people who are not willing to still come together. So to your point, and we see this a lot in my business, if you're not learning from other people, you're not learning and advancing. So people who are not willing to go to things, people who are not willing to come into the office to put the time in, like... Ooh, come into the office is a bad trend. I like that. I know. I'm on your side. Yeah, listen, uh, a lot of people are not on my side or on our side on that matter. That is true. And I am the staunchest proponent for coming back to work at least a couple times a week. Like, I don't, how did you learn to be better in your business? Give like, me the reason. You're here, I think you learn through osmosis. Mm -hmm. sure. There are people, I am desperately, so now I'm the sales manager at TitleVest, I am desperately trying to hire people and I cannot find people with usable sales skills. Did you get a promotion? I did. Oh, wow. I did. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. That's awesome. It, that's, a, that's a, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm gonna, that's, this, is a, this is a super air horn, by the way. <laughs> this is you, a super air horn. You get a super air exciting. horn for your promotion. Give us, so let's pivot a little bit. Give us a little about what that means for you. So for me, I am also still an independent contributor, so I have my own book of business, uh, with, in large part thanks to you and some of our referral sources. Uh, amazing, and I'm very grateful. And the, I would say, other 70% of my job is I manage the sales team at TitleVest and First American Westchester, so we have 23 people on our team. And that's everything from you know helping them with matters of escalation to making sure they have the help internally on their deals just trying to get things from A to B, and if they're, you know, superstars, superstars, self-starters, etc., just trying to make sure that they keep growing. Are you, are you accountability partner? In, interviewing is what it people means. that want to go into title. If I could find people who wanted to go into title, I would interview them. What kind of people want to go into title? That's a great question. Uh, 2023 is hopefully going to be our big recruiting year, but it's it's tough. It's tough to. I'm sure you both know it's tough to find people who, to even. That want to work in sales, that want to work on commission. Have you tried going into the Lehigh job portal? I am actually <laughs> drafting something to do That's that. That's where you find the best talent. That is where you find the best talent. <laughs> That's right. That's Speaking right. to my two new Lehigh Real Estate Alliance connections here. Oh, yes. That's right. Are we going to do any Lehigh Real Estate networking events? Yeah. There should probably be one in February or March. Oh, great. I can't wait to be in, in a room full of other agents. No, there's no... <laughs> there's one other agent, but... Danielle is far and above. We are, we are crushing. We are crushing. You're okay, going to well, crush it. Well, congratulations on your uh, promotion. That's something you celebrate Thank you. tonight as well. Uh, let's go on to the next question. The yes. big, predict, please predict 2023, the biggest winner in real estate and why. I think it's going to be, it's not going to be inventory, that's for sure. Look, I think people who are motivated, people, whether they're motivated to sell or motivated to buy, they're not going to face as stiff competition as they yeah. have. Okay. Inter, there's you no know, inventory wars going aside, on. there's no bidding wars yeah. going on. Yeah. A lot of people can't afford it, and if you have the capital up front, whether you don't need a loan or whether you have the capital to buy down the rates, etc., it will not wax poetic on rates. Um, there's going to be something for you. Do you think there'll be a housing crash in certain parts of the United States next year? I think so. Do I think it's going to be like 2008? No. No, it's not. It won't be a mortgage-led recession. No, there won't be a mortgage recession. And, you know, I will say it was an unpleasant surprise to see as many layoffs happening in as many sectors as there are going on right now. But again, it's not going to be the lion's share of the country the do way it was. Do you see the title work that you guys do on a national level? 
Yes. Yeah. We where's actually the, where's the most active? Where's the least active? So we do a ton of business in the Southeast. Yeah. So we do residential and commercial. Commercially in the Southeast and Southwest is huge. Huge. Um, people, developers, investors, et cetera, housing. Uh, what do you mean commercial? There's nobody going to the offices. There are in, in these are other in markets, yes. So Florida, Texas, you know, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, et cetera. Big. There's a lot of um, Salt Lake City. Oh, there's SLC. a lot of yep. Shout out SLC. Shout out SLC. Mormons, let's go. <laughs> I was gonna say skiing. Park City, but, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Mormons. Park City. Um, but not just Mormons anymore. Like to my point. That's right. But yeah, we do, and again, even single family residential projects are happening all over the place. People are moving. During COVID, we got a ton of second home purchases. So we're luckily we can underwrite in all 50 states. Okay, good, great. Which has been great. What do you think, oh, pivot. What do you think about Compass having a title company? I've heard whispers on the wind about that. Uh, I think it's already started, right? Do you know anything about that, Danielle? I do not. I don't think, so in the state of New York, it's illegal for a brokerage to also own a title company, but there are you know ways around that. I yeah, have Alabama never- Yeah, a title company. Yeah, I have never thought that it's a good idea to sort of push something that, you know, it's kind of like you're What's well, required by law on anyway, all title. So yes. and it's regulated by the state, right? How much you can charge really for title? The premiums are regulated by the state, so, but the work that's being done is not. Mm-hmm. So there is a conflict of interest of brokerages having title? It definitely is a conflict of interest. I think as a purchaser and certainly as a broker or agent, you should be free to choose. And I think that oh, yeah, that yeah, makes you a little bit free to choose. Yeah, if yeah. you know you approaching your buyer with, oh, we have to use my in-house company, you know, it oh, makes no, you a I, bit I don't freed think, up. That's not the way. I don't think it's sold here, and I don't think oh, it is. Good. I don't think it will be. I think it's sold as here is an option that you yeah. could implement uh, versus you know shop other rates or shop other costs, right? Know, shop other services. Okay, uh, let's wrap up to the final question here. Predict the biggest loser in real estate in twenty twenty three. So I hope that this doesn't take off. I actually think that this is really the worst trend that we're starting to see as we approach 2023 is large corporations buying up single family residential across the country. BlackRock and BlackRock. I think JP Morgan is doing it too. I just, I don't know how that's going to look in the future, but I really hope it doesn't create this sort of suburban class of people who are just dependent on, you know, rental and housing office you know housing and housing and office space and i don't know it's not going to be i don't love it i don't Do love you think it for if us blackrock just becomes the biggest landlord in america that everybody will just be renters and they just won't have the opportunity to, to gain equity i mean what do you think what's your concern i think about? that's the fear yeah do i think that that has legs not in the next few years but I, in a generation think, yeah uh, who knows i don't think i don't, I don't think, think blackrock so. is an immediate threat the the, no. the u.s is way too big for that and nobody's going to shoulder that much risk right no. the i-buying program got look i mean that failed and, so yeah zillow's <laughs> i-buying open door <laughs> open doors i-buying program all got messed up thank god there's no real way that companies can be market makers and i think right. i talked about this with mcpeak when he was when he came on the other day but you can't set the market. You you may have a billion dollars and you can try, but at the end of the day, there is so much risk in real estate and so much nuance block to right. block in real estate. You can't just expect to buy everything because it's cheap and still think that you would succeed. Right. right? And they're also, I mean, look, there's we're facing inventory shortages everywhere. So to be able to buy enough to actually make this profitable, that's very up in the air. That's right. Okay. Good. Well, uh, give us a little bit about give, you know, plug your your social or you know t- tell us how people can reach you and what yes. services you actually provide so that I would say ninety percent of the consumers out there don't even know what title is and also at the end also plug why some co-op purchasers may need yes title. I would love to plug that I just so, did a CLE yesterday on the Eagle Nine policy Eagle so, Nine that's right. You can reach me at Courtney at TitleVest.com or on Instagram at Ronan the Barbarian. I am keeping my maiden name and definitely my Instagram handle. <laughs> it's part of my identity. Come on. It's part of my brand. Why not? Uh, so again, I work at TitleVest. Title insurance, it's you know the least, most important thing there is. Uh, it's incredibly important and 
you wouldn't really know it until you need it, but it is regulated by the state of New York and there are also federal regulations as well. But essentially the title policy that you buy and then the subsequent like lessers policy as your lender forces you to get, those essentially mean that you own your property free and clear of any liens, encumbrances, hindrances, etc. Um, you'd be surprised how often that comes up. Even, you know, obviously it would come up on a townhouse in, let's say, Brooklyn that's 200 years old and been in the same family with eight heirs. There could be a lot of issues there, and there often are. But even on a new development condo, if a vendor didn't get paid at the building level, and there's liens against the building, those liens also carry over to the future property owners. So your title policy ensures that your owner, what you are buying is free and clear. What about open permits? Open permits, that depends too. So we search all of that. That's not a lien, right? It is separate from a lien. A lien is is money owed. Yes. Taxes, mechanical, uh, plumbers, those are liens and then the the open permits and violations that's a separate issue it's a separate issue and usually solved by an inordinate amount of paperwork and also paying fines right some degree um some of those will transfer from owner to owner or from property to property owner excuse mm-hmm. me like what some of them won't so i think housing violations um sidewalk violations transfer transfer um i think even when you're purchasing, actually, even your unpaid parking tickets can can you tra- can you block that transfer to the new ownership somehow, or, or you, they you have just, to be cleared? You up. just have to disclose it first, and then either the seller has to clear it up or the buyer yes. has to clear it up. Yes. Okay. And then what about the Eagle Nine policy that you spoke about? So the Eagle Nine policy, um, you even can get co uh, cooperative ownership insurance on a cooperative unit. So just like at forty five Tudor City Place, um, as you know, you that's a cooperative apartment. So you are not, of course, owning the unit directly. You have share ownership Mm -hmm. in the corporation. Uh, With a lien search, it's $350 on average. That only covers you up to $50,000 of your purchase price. Okay, so $50,000 equates to $350, so $700 is is $100,000. It's it's roughly like that. It scales up from there, uh, but it is a fraction of the cost of an actual title insurance policy, but it fully protects your purchase the same way that full title insurance would. Great. And so it's, but is that legally uptick. required or no? It is not legally required, mm-hmm. although we see a huge uptick in attorneys making sure their buyers are getting it because it also helps the attorney significantly in the due diligence end of things. Got it. Okay, great. Yeah. Any other things you would like to add before we wrap up the end of the year? Uh, I wanted to say that earlier this week is seven years for me in the title insurance space. I actually left Compass and went right into title insurance. And I wanted to give a huge thank you to the talk team for having my back since day one. And not only are we friends, we are also professional alliances and i really appreciate you guys all Thank right you so business much. partners business partners for the long run right yes that was great Love it. that was the that was the minor tone um yeah. Yeah. dj airhorn danielle uh, do you have any uh, pending questions or final questions to wrap up hmm. i love looking at your face danielle <laughs> it's so great i mean that in the best way possible <laughs> What's something you're looking forward to in 2023, personally? Okay. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I don't know. Just <laughs> trying try to get through, <laughs> trying to get through the year. Trying to get through the year. It'll be my first full uh, year as a married person. There you go. First full year, not having to plan a wedding, too. That's good. Yeah, actually. You can relax now. I, can, I should probably start doing that. That sounds great. All right, well, Courtney, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming in. Happy New Year. Happy Thanks holidays. For me. And uh, thank you always listening to the Real Talk Podcast. Yeah.